Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, President Biden's new push to vaccinate millions by July 4th and the new strategy to speed up those shots. The new goal, another 90 million shots before Independence Day and reaching under-vaccinated communities. Thousands of pharmacies will offer walk-in appointments and your doctor's office could have it too. And the president says he's ready to roll out vaccinations for kids as young as 12 as soon as it's approved. Deadly train crash. At least two dozen people are dead in Mexico City after an overpass collapses. Subway cars dangling. People thrown to the ground. Tonight, what caused it? Severe weather risk. Tornadoes slam the south, but the threat isn't over. Nearly 40 million Americans in the path of 70-mile-an-hour winds and flash floods. War inside the GOP. The Republican leader in the House says he's had it with Liz Cheney, the highest-ranking Republican to vote to impeach Donald Trump. Breaking news. Derek Chauvin's attorney files a motion for a new trial. Why he says there was jury misconduct. Irretrievably broken. Bill and Melinda Gates reveal the reason for their split after their 25-year-old daughter speaks out. And a family reunited. A mother and son from Mexico separated at the border in 2017 are back together after nearly four long years. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with the president's new goal to get 70 percent of adults vaccinated by July 4th. Part of what he's calling a new phase of his administration's fight against coronavirus. Tonight, the White House says the plan includes shifting doses to local pharmacies, adding walk-in appointments and closing down those mass vaccination sites. And the move comes as the rate of new vaccinations nationwide is falling fast. About half as many Americans are getting their first shot now than were just a few weeks 
weeks ago, and experts worry herd immunity may now be out of reach. Well, Mr. Biden acknowledged today his new benchmark will require convincing people who are hesitant that the vaccines are safe. And he implored Americans to avoid that misinformation and talk to people they trust who have been vaccinated. The president also suggested that the FDA will soon sign off on giving Pfizer's vaccine to children as young as 12, saying the White House is already working on plans to offer the shots to teens once it gets approved. Well, CBS's Mola Lenghi will have more on that in just a moment. But first, CBS's Weijia Jang is going to lead off our coverage from the White House. Good evening, Weijia. Good evening, Nora. As the rate of vaccinations plunges, the administration is shifting its priority to making the vaccine easier to get than ever before, especially in rural areas. But the president said that the big hurdle is also convincing those holdouts to get the vaccine, arguing it's not only safe, but a life saver. President Biden once again pleaded with Americans to get a vaccine. We need you to bring it home. Get vaccinated. In two months, let's celebrate our independence as a nation and our independence from this virus. As of today, about 57 percent of the adult population in the U.S. has received at least one dose of the vaccine. President Biden is aiming to get that number to 70 percent by July 4th. He also set a goal to have 160 million adults fully vaccinated by then, compared to 105 million so far. The White House is focusing on three areas vaccinating 12 to 15-year-olds as soon as the FDA authorizes it, which is expected soon, making it more convenient to get a vaccine with more walk-in appointments, pop-up clinics and mobile units, and boosting vaccine confidence. I want to be clear. I've been saying this a long time, but I really believe this is not a Democrat or a Republican issue. But the demand for the vaccine is dwindling. The number of people getting a first shot or single dose is down 50 percent since peaking on April 11th, two days before the administration announced a pause on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. At least 25 states told CBS News they did not order all the supply that is available to them for this week. Today, officials told governors that the doses they don't want would be reallocated to states with higher demands. The president said the decision to get vaccinated should not be difficult. People who are not fully vaccinated can still die every day from COVID-19. This is your choice. It's life and death. The president reminded young people who have been reluctant to get shots that it's not only about their lives, but protecting others. Weijia Jang, CBS News, the White House. I'm Mola Lenghi in New York. As the Biden administration continues to plead with Americans to get vaccinated, tonight Pfizer is preparing to seek full FDA approval, not just emergency authorization, for its adult vaccine, a step health officials hope will encourage more people to get a shot. I hope they do it quickly because people, when they hear it's still emergency use, they still have a little concern about how far you can go with it. A federal health official tells CBS News the FDA will also expand emergency authorization as soon as this week for the Pfizer vaccine to be used in anyone 12 and older, as children now make up 22 percent of all new cases compared to just 3 percent a year ago. We have excellent vaccines to prevent this virus, and we should use them. This virus is still raging in this country. 
More than 3 million children have been infected with COVID. Hundreds have died, and thousands more have suffered from a related inflammatory disease. As many as 7 million young people could be protected by the beginning of the next school year if vaccine authorization expands. In terms of getting kids fully back into schools, uh, I imagine this, this will only help. Yes, and you could argue that um, that we could mandate vaccines for high schools to make sure that we, we don't cause disease in not only those children, but in the teachers with whom they come in contact. 80% of people who are trying to decide whether to get vaccinated say they prefer to discuss it with their doctor first. New York is the latest of a few states nationwide supplying primary care physicians with vaccines. I decided to come over here, you know, get vaccinated because it's the only thing there is right now. So if not for your doctor, do you think you'd be getting the vaccine? No. Well, at its peak, Lenox Health in Greenwich Village here was vaccinating about 1,100 people a day. Today, about 600 people got a shot in the arm, which seems to reflect New York City. In recent weeks, the number of residents seeking their first dose of vaccine dropped by two-thirds, according to the state health department, Nora. All right, Molalengi, thank you so much. In Mexico City tonight, there are questions about the safety of one of the world's busiest subway systems after an overpass collapsed Monday night, triggering a train wreck that killed two dozen people and sent dozens more to hospitals. Will Grant reports from the scene. A view from above, revealing the full magnitude of Mexico City's deadliest train disaster in nearly 50 years. Today, a crane began removing the dangling train cars from the partially collapsed overpass. It carefully lowered one of them containing four bodies to the ground. Security cameras captured the moment when a portion of the elevated metro line came crashing down on the busy street below, killing at least two dozen, including children, and injuring more than 70 others. They were rushed to local hospitals where family members waited for word on missing loved ones. Cristian Osorio says he's looking for his sister, who would have been riding the metro at the time of the collapse. At one point, firefighters had to stabilise the wreckage before continuing the search for more survivors and recovering more bodies. Mexico City has the second largest subway system in North America, behind New York City's, serving around 4 million passengers a day. This collapse happened on its newest line, which was completed in 2012, but which temporarily shut down just two years later for repairs. Many questioned the structure's stability following a 7.1 earthquake in 2017. Tonight, union leaders say engineers had been reporting failures on this line but weren't taken seriously. Mexico City's mayor is vowing a full investigation that will involve reaching out to international experts to examine the line's construction. Nora? Will Grant, thank you so much. And there is breaking news tonight from Minnesota, where Derek Chauvin's lawyer has filed a motion for a new trial in the murder of George Floyd, citing juror misconduct. Now, the accusation comes after a photo surfaced of one of the jurors, Brandon Mitchell, at a march in Washington last summer, where Floyd's family spoke. Mitchell can be seen wearing a T-shirt reading, get your knee off our necks. While the juror who spoke out after the verdict tells our CBS station WCCO he was in D.C. for a voter registration rally, not a protest. Chauvin, a former Minneapolis police officer, faces up to 40 years in prison at his sentencing next month. All right. Tonight, nearly 40 million Americans across the South face the threat of severe storms. The region has been getting hammered for days by tornadoes, hail, damaging gusts and flash floods. CBS's Omar Villafranca is in Texas tonight. Looks like a tornado. Strong storms pounded the South for a second day in a row bringing severe weather to parts of Louisiana, 
Mississippi, and Alabama, and hammering Texas with heavy rain, hail, and several tornadoes. Holy cow. Like this one southwest of Fort Worth. In Waxahachie, witnesses say another tornado cut across a busy interstate, sideswiping several big rigs, forcing drivers to scramble to help people pinned by the wreckage. After the storm blew over the highway, it came this way and came across a residential area. You can see it flipped this mobile home over. Around three dozen homes and businesses were damaged by the storm. Ellis County Judge Todd Little. Many barns, many things that were just, fortunately, no human life was taken, and we feel blessed for that right now. Eight people were treated at the hospital for injuries. The National Weather Service says the tornado that came through here was an EF2 with winds up to 120 miles an hour. And this is the kind of damage an EF2 can do. You can see the side of this house was ripped off. But let me show you what 120 mile per hour winds can do. This is a two by four that impaled this trailer. Now, three people and their three dogs rode out the storm in this house under the stairs. And Nora, we're happy to report the people and the dogs are all okay. That is some good news. Omar Villafranca, thank you. Well, tonight it is war inside the GOP as House Republicans clash with Liz Cheney. She's the chairwoman of the House Republican Conference over her repeated criticism of former President Donald Trump. CBS's Nicole Killian is on Capitol Hill this evening. Good evening, Nicole. Good evening, Nora. A rift has been brewing for months between House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Congresswoman Liz Cheney. The number three House Republican has been an outspoken critic of former President Trump. She voted to impeach him after the insurrection and has accused him of perpetuating the big lie. Some Republicans want her removed from leadership because they feel she is becoming a distraction. But others, like Senator Mitt Romney, have come to her defense, even after he was heckled by Utah. Republican Saturday. In a hot mic moment, McCarthy told a Fox News anchor off camera he's had enough. I think she's got real problems. I, 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 I've had it with I've had it with her. It's, you know, I, I've lost confidence. A vote to remove Cheney could happen as early as next week. Her spokesperson says she won't perpetuate lies about the election or January 6th. Nora. Incredible to hear her say that it is poisoning our democratic system. Nicole Killian, thank you. All right. Tonight, a mother and son from Mexico are back together for the first time since they were separated at the border by the Trump administration nearly four years ago. CBS's Lilia Luciano has the emotional reunion. Today feels like a dream to 18-year-old Brian Chavez. Outside the port of entry in San Isidro, California, he anxiously waits for his mother, Sandra, who is crossing from Mexico. The two haven't seen each other since being separated at the border in 2017, part of the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy. Seeking a safe haven from Mexican cartels, Brian, 15 at the time, was placed in a refugee shelter while his mother was deported. Finally tonight, a family ripped apart is reunited, and mother and son hold each other tight. There's literally no words to describe the happiness that I'm feeling right now, and I'm really grateful with all the people that did this amazing work to allow my mom come back. More than 5,500 families were separated under the Trump administration. More than 1,000 of those migrant children have still not been reunited with their parents. In February, President Biden created a task force to reunite them. What does a moment like this mean to our whole country? 
you know, I think when we saw babies being ripped out of their mom's arms at the border, when we saw children crying in cages, um, when we saw that level of cruelty, we really need to we needed to move quick to a moment like this. This family is the first of four celebrating reunions this week. End of a nightmare. Yes. Brian Chavez graduated from high school two years ago. His experience affected him so deeply, he's now working with an organization helping refugee children who are going through a similar crisis. We're going to try to like recover and like spend the most time that we can together. Brian is a permanent resident. He has a green card. His mom may still have to make her case for asylum. But Nora, just as an anecdote, when Sandra's grandson saw her, he ran up to her and asked, Grandma, will you stay here forever? We know she'll be here for Mother's Day. Lily Luciano, thank you. Well, tonight, as the U.S. withdraws from its 20-year-long war in Afghanistan, a new large-scale military offensive is underway there. Taliban forces are wasting no time in trying to seize as much of the country as they can. And CBS's Charlie Daggett reports from Kabul. From the moment U.S. troops started pulling back, the Taliban went on the offensive. A fierce firefight shows Afghan forces battling against Taliban militants trying to overrun an outpost in Ladman province. CBS News has obtained video of the Taliban in that very region, a show of force right on the doorstep of the capital, Kabul. The Afghan military told us coordinated Taliban offensives are ongoing in 20 provinces across the country, including volatile Helmand province, where U.S. troops handed over a base to Afghan forces just two days ago. Despite deploying elite Afghan troop reinforcements to the southern province, local leaders warn today that Helmand is on the verge of collapse. As the U.S. pullout got underway, we asked First Vice President Amrullah Saleh his prediction. How long can the Afghan military hold its own against the Taliban? Forever. Afghanistan is not conquerable by the Taliban. In one way or another, we will stand this country will not be Talibanized. That resolve is already being tested as the militant group steps up attacks. Launching a major Taliban offensive in Helmand province carries with it symbolic significance, Nora. Those battlefields saw some of the heaviest fighting against American forces during the 20-year war. Charlie Daggett, thank you. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cash back events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. There's new details tonight in the divorce of billionaires Bill and Melinda Gates. In a court filing, Melinda Gates says the marriage is irretrievably broken. Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft, is worth an estimated $130 billion. The couple says they will split their assets. Their eldest daughter, Jennifer, says this has been, quote, a challenging stretch of time. And look at this. Britain's Royal Marines are testing a jet suit to be used during offshore search and seizure operations for testing they flew from one boat to another. Wowza. 
Ahead of Mother's Day, we're highlighting some special moms, including one who thought a cancer diagnosis had stolen her chance to have a baby. Here's CBS's Maria Vrial. Motherhood was a dream Erica Gray nearly lost seven years ago. I got the call on Thanksgiving Day, which is never a good sign when you hear from your doctor on Thanksgiving Day. Listen, you're stage three cervical cancer. How old were you? 27. An aggressive treatment would have consequences. The option we went with, of course, was a radical hysterectomy. Why? If we had done chemo and radiation, it would have affected my fertility anyway. The surgery left Gray cancer-free but unable to carry a child. The oncologist who saved her life would also help her and her husband, Richard, create a new one. One of my operating room um, nurses mentioned that um, she'd had two easy pregnancies and was considering surrogacy. I thought, well, it's meant to be, and I helped get them connected. The connection between strangers was instant. We just hit it off. We sat there for three hours. We were hugging, and they're like, we're going to call the agency tomorrow. And last summer, cause for celebration. (laughs) Baby Richard arrived in March to an extended family bonded by love, sacrifice, and modern medicine. (laughs) It's so incredible. I mean, I just can't wait to watch him grow. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Dallas. Tomorrow, the mother and daughter duo showing the world ain't no mountain high enough, even Mount Everest. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. Okay. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus, starting May 1st.